Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to Soul Nectar. I'm your guide, Nadine Hamilton, bringing you real, raw, illuminating conversations surrounding all things sex, spirit, intimacy, relating, inner power, and the full spectrum, ever-evolving human experience. This is a space where we openly explore the intersection of that which is deemed sacred and profane. These episodes serve as permission to more deeply know yourself, liberate your true expression, dance in the mystery, and infuse much more pleasure, embodiment, consciousness, and magic into your life. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to another episode. This is actually the second time that I'm recording this introduction because I just wanted to be a bit more real and raw and human and show up exactly as I am instead of forcing myself to sound like I have it all together right now. So it's actually been quite a tender and emotional whirlwind of a week this past week. And right now I'm feeling sensitive, I'm feeling raw, I'm feeling pretty emotionally exhausted and also very surrendered. And as you'll hear in this upcoming episode, it just feels pretty appropriate to name that and share that and own that and to show up exactly as I am. And for my entire life, I have been a very, very sensitive being to the point where for most of my life, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought I needed I don't know, to be medicated or diagnosed or fixed in some way. And I spent a lot of time shaming myself for how I could be on top of the world and perfectly okay. And then pretty soon after, I could be feeling really low or antisocial or frustrated or agitated. And I would beat myself up for it and think, God, why can't I just maintain this sense of happiness or clarity or whatever it was. And I've gotten to this place of so much deeper compassion and acceptance for myself and this realization that there are so many different factors and forces at play. So just because you feel the full spectrum of human emotions in a single day or a single hour, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean you need to be fixed. And when we zoom out, we get to realize that we are influenced by the cycles and seasons of nature, our menstrual cycles, our environment, the food that we're eating, our hormones, the people around us, the cosmos, and also the collective energy. We're constantly being influenced by this because we are a part of it all. We're not separate from any of it. And so in this past week, when I've been journeying through so much emotional tenderness and sensitivity and softness, it gave me this extra added layer of compassion when I realized that I'm in my luteal phase of my cycle, meaning that this is my inner fall season when I'm starting to close any loose ends. I am going more internally and preparing for winter, preparing for shedding. So this is a time of no longer being so social and extroverted and out in the world. It's a time of returning back within and being with myself and really asking myself what I need. 
On top of that, my living situation was also very different than what I'm used to for the past week. So if you're someone who's going through a transition, if you are currently surrounded by people that you're not usually surrounded by, or you have a change in scenery, a change in environment, give yourself grace. Like if you're feeling some funky things coming up, if you have shadows or emotions coming to the surface that maybe you're not used to feeling and you're like, what the heck? I thought I healed this. Why is this coming up again? Who is this person that I'm turning into? Give yourself grace and patience. When we're going through transitions, when we are placed in different environments, it's going to affect us. If you transplant a tree or a bush to another garden or you surround it with different plants and what it's used to, it's going to be impacted. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It just means that change is happening and that you now get to be even more self-aware an even more powerful advocate for yourself and you get to know your needs and who you are and how you function in different relationships, different contexts, different environments even more clearly. And all of this information about yourself is truly invaluable so that you can continue to create a reality that is supportive of who you want to become while creating an even deeper connection to your own intuition and discernment and knowing what serves you and what doesn't, what is right for you and what isn't. So whenever you have emotions coming to the surface, always give yourself time to zoom out your perspective and take into consideration all of the different worldwide and universe-wide factors that are at play here. It's not just you. So with all of that being said, if you are someone who also resonates with being a really sensitive person or with feeling all different types of emotions within a short period of time, there's nothing wrong with you. And I actually strongly believe that being sensitive is such a gift because you're also more sensitive to your environment around you. You're more sensitive to the hearts and souls and feelings and nervous systems and energy of the people and animals and environments around you. And you can see and feel and pick up on subtle cues, energies, emotions that other people might not be able to even notice. So your sensitivity is a gift and a strength and a superpower. The more you claim it and embrace it and give yourself exactly what you need in order to not overload your nervous system, the more you're able to relate to your sensitivity as the gift that it is. So with that being said, today's episode is so special and close to my heart because it's pretty rare on the podcast that I get to have a conversation with a special guest where we are recording it in person and not in a Zoom room, which makes a really huge difference. It adds this extra layer of humanness, playfulness, connection, and intimacy. So in this episode, I have my friend Jess McCasson on the show who serves as a cycle syncing and feminine embodiment coach. She's also currently writing a book on womb healing and cycle syncing. So keep your eye out for that. 
And in this conversation, we talked about her own journey of totally transforming her reality, leaving her marriage, quitting her job, and boldly choosing to follow the whispers of her soul in order to live a life of more freedom, power, healing, joy, pleasure, and truth. We talked a lot about womb work and womb healing and really embracing how we are cyclical beings whose bodies exist in cycles and seasons. You're going to learn what is cycle syncing and what are the four seasons of your cycle that you can attune to and better understand. You'll also hear about how you are interconnected with absolutely all that is and you exist within greater cycles in existence in the universe. Jess also talked about her recent pilgrimage to these epic, powerful ancient womb sites in England. We talked about transmuting shame and disgust around our bodies into a harmonious and loving partnership and alliance with your body. You'll hear about why your blood is your superpower and how rejecting your blood is rejecting your power and your intuition. We talked about dating and how the people that you're attracted to may change depending on what season of your cycle you're in. Working with the power of your womb to create anything, creating safety and a sense of security inside of your body what it means to truly listen to your body, and Jess also talks about her new book. This conversation touches so many different places and topics. There's lots of giggles and silliness in here, so I really feel like you're going to enjoy it. And one of our intentions that we set is for you as the listener to feel like you're just sitting in the living room, hanging out with two of your good friends, shooting the shit, and having a deep heart-to-heart conversation and I really feel like you are going to experience exactly that. I also want to mention that at the time of releasing this episode, I have an upcoming really exciting online class that I'm going to be hosting. It's called Inner Sanctum and it's a ceremonial yoni mapping class to awaken your pleasure anatomy, increase vaginal blood flow and sensitivity, gently release pelvic tension and rediscover your body as the living erotic temple it is. The next virtual class is going to be held in early June. And if you can't make it live to the online class in June, then also definitely make sure to sign up because everyone who registers, even after the class happens, will receive lifetime access to the replay. So this can be a practice that you can now keep in your toolkit and keep coming back to over and over. This is such a powerful and deeply sacred practice in which you can relate to your body in a completely new way and get to know yourself and your vagina and your sexuality without any goals or destinations and without trying to fix anything, but radically being with yourself and holding yourself in care and compassion and love. So inside of Inner Sanctum, you will learn how to map your own vulva and vagina how your vaginal ecosystem completely evolves throughout your menstrual cycle and also your states of arousal, how to resensitize yourself to more pleasure and turn on, the foundations of pleasure anatomy, self-consent and what a yes and no feel like in your body uniquely, 
the keys for relaxing your pelvic muscles and releasing vaginal tension, how to truly be with and hold yourself exactly as you are, how to integrate and express emotions that may be stored in your tissues, self-massage and gentle de-armoring techniques, and of course, your new pussy check-in ritual that you can keep coming back to. This class is one of my all-time favorites to teach, and it truly is my biggest joy and honor to share it with you. So if you're interested, you can head to bloomwithnadine.com slash inner sanctum, or you could also head to the show notes and I'll have the link for you there. All right. And without further ado, here is today's incredible episode of Soul Nectar Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar. This conversation is such a treat because I am sitting in person in the flesh next to one of my very good friends in Costa Rica, Jess McCasson, who is a feminine embodiment and cycle syncing coach. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. you. (laughs) We've already been sitting here chatting and giggling and going really deep, so I have no idea where this is going to go, but it's going to be good. And a question that I always like to start off the show with is, what has been the nectar for your soul recently? In other words, what has been nourishing you deeply on a soul level? Well, you just had to start out with a heavy hitter, didn't you? <laughs> okay, let me, that's a good question. Let me, hmm. I think what has been probably the most present for me lately is more so than ever before, like really tuning in to what feels really fucking good to me. Like, In any given moment throughout the day, doing this like constant check-in with myself, this repeated check-in with myself of like, am I doing what I'm doing right now because it actually feels good or am I doing it for some other motive? And if I have some other motive, like what is that and what Mm -hmm. is like my driving force? And I feel like because of that, it has made – just like pleasure and joy so much more alive because in any given moment, I'm like, does this feel good right now? And if this doesn't feel good, why am I still doing it? Mm -hmm. And let's do something different. And I feel like, as you know, we were talking about, I'm very deep in writing this book right now. And I'm at this place where I can see the finish line. So there is this part of me that I find myself kind of reverting back into this space of work, 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 and like push, 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 even if my body's saying, no, now it's time to rest or now it's time to go play and have fun. Mm -hmm. But so instead of saying, okay, I'm going to continue beating this horse, which is something I used to do, I have been really dropping into like, no, it's okay. I can pull back. I can rest. I can play. I can have fun. I can do things that feel good to me. Because that's the energy I want to put into this project. And if I continue to like do something when it doesn't feel good, then that's going to come through. So just being like really present with myself and doing what feels good in the moment. Ooh, tell him. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes so beautifully, of course, with the theme of your book and the work that you bring to the world, which includes a lot of 
permission, a lot of deep listening and self-honoring and no longer so strictly adhering to the conditioned paradigm of we need to fush, we need fush, we need to force, we need to push, we need to um, ignore our bodies. Mm. So I would also love, since you said you're open to sharing, could you tell us a bit about your story and like how you got started doing the work that you do now? Like, yeah, tell us the journey. Okay. All right. Buckle the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) It all started on a rainy afternoon. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So I feel like, so I guess the first thing, because I feel like this was a big part of the journey, is that I used to be married. Mm-hmm. So um, I was married and just not super happy. You know, I was working a very stressful job. I was very focused on career and success and, you know, was in a marriage that wasn't like bad by any means, but it definitely kept me very boxed in, you know, and my my soul was craving freedom. Like my soul was craving more. And my ex-husband wanted to just, you know, keep me in a nice little cage, cage, cage. Um, And so I feel like my journey really started, it kind of catapulted from that place because I started asking myself the questions of like, is this it? Like, okay, I have all the things, I have the house, I have the fucking white picket fence, I have the husband, I have the job, I have the friends, but I am crying myself to sleep every night and I am miserable. And so I feel like that's kind of what launched me was first giving myself permission to walk away from my marriage. Um, That was a huge thing. And there was Mm -hmm. so much like shame and guilt and self-judgment that was there, that was present for me at that time because I felt like a failure. I felt like, okay, I have worked so hard to do all these things and now I am just like lighting a fucking torch and walking away from all of it in the pursuit of healing myself, traumas from my past and finding more joy and pleasure, you know? Um, And so I feel like then... You know, I started doing all the things that one does when they're on a self-healing journey, you know, drinking ayahuasca, eating mushrooms, doing all of these things that at the time helped me like blow the rafters off the constraints in my mind of these ideals and boxes that I had put myself in. And once I started opening myself up to, okay, there's an entirely different way to live There's an entirely different way to be, and this entire world is my playground and a place for my own exploration. Um, That just kept pushing me to ask more questions and go deeper in my own healing journey, which has eventually led me to um, womb work and womb healing because, you know, as women, we hold so much trauma in our wombs. We hold pain in our wombs. But it's also the seat of our pleasure. It's where our sexual energy lives. It's where our life force energy is. And so this like very enticing combination of exploring this place within my body where both my power and my pain lives and my pleasure. (laughs) The three Bs, power, pleasure, and pain. (laughs) All in this like incredibly powerful portal um, 
just for me was when everything kind of clicked into place. It was like, okay, this is, this place is so much power and there is so much exploring that can be done here in this space. Mm. Um, and now I live in Costa Rica with Nadine, <laughs> which that's well, another story. Me, I mean, Nadine and I don't live together. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That's super inspiring. And I know before recording, we were just talking about how it's so common and like even just referring to our own stories. For me, I lived in a bubble growing up and had no idea of a life like this existing. I was not exposed to other lifestyles or ways of living and what I believed was possible was very, very limited. Mm. So it takes a lot of courage and bravery and self-trust to choose something different from ourselves, especially when it's something that most of us have never been exposed to. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have anything to say on that, feel free. But also I would love to hear, since this is such a huge part of your work, what is cycle syncing and why should we care why is it important such a juicy question um well it's interesting because okay how do I go about answering this question so I mean I guess when it comes first cycle syncing like why is it so important why should we care because as women we are cyclical beings like we are cyclical beings and there is no getting around that Mm -hmm. and Everything in life is cyclical. Like the earth is cyclical. Nature is cyclical. The seasons are cyclical. The moon is cyclical. And we embrace these things. We embrace the fact that the seasons are cyclical, yet we really struggle with embracing the fact that our bodies are cyclical. And we struggle with embracing this because we have been I mean, not only have we not been, we've been conditioned to ignore our bodies. We've been conditioned to live our lives based on very external factors all of the time. Um, And we've never been taught about cycle syncing. We've never been taught. Like I didn't grow up with being taught that I was a cyclical being and that I have four different, every woman, you know, we go through four different phases every cycle. And each one of those phases looks very different. And our body and our emotions are constantly changing with these cycles. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We've grown up with this conditioning that we're one dimensional, you know, in so many ways. And that there's only one way to, you know, live your life or these boxes that we put ourselves in. Um, And it's funny because when my life was drastically changing. And when I made a decision to move to Central America and walk away from my corporate job, I didn't actually know about cycle syncing or womb work or anything at that point in time. But had I had known about it, I think it would have made, I mean, now I'm like, oh man, if I would have known about this then, but you know, the journey is the journey and everything unfolds exactly how it's supposed to unfold. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that as women, when we start to really understand our cycle and we start to get really present with our body and our intuition, because that's a huge part of cycle syncing, it's allowing yourself to be led by your body. Like your body is what is leading you through your life on a day-to-day basis, not your mind, not external forces, your body, your intuition. 
And when you're allowing that to lead, that's when you're in the driver's seat for your own life. You know, that's when you can make decisions like I'm going to walk away from my job. I'm going to walk away from marriage. I'm going to move to Central America, even if it seems insane, even if logic and external things are saying this is insane. If your body and your intuition are saying yes and you follow that, that's where the magic happens. And what has it looked like for you to live a life of cycle syncing? Like if someone wants to know more or wants to like really dive into this, what would that look like for them? Mm. So I think the biggest thing for me is living a life full of more self-acceptance, like removing the self-judgment, the imposed criticism of ourselves And just embracing the fact that, yes, as a woman, I am cyclical. And there are going to be times during the month where I feel like shit. My energy levels are low, where I don't want to have sex, where I barely feel like I can lift my big toe. And that's okay. And I can allow myself to flow through those more difficult times of the month because I also know that there are going to be times a month during the month where I'm going to feel incredible and I'm going to want to take on the world and I'm going to feel super sexy and confident. And that's beautiful and amazing too. And mm-hmm. I am both and all and everything. And if as women, we can start to get to know our flow, if you can start to pay attention, you know, and you can do this in really simple ways, like starting to journal okay, I'm on day one of my cycle. How do I feel today? Now I'm on day two of my cycle. How do I feel today? Do I notice changes in my body? Do I notice changes in my emotions? And really just starting to pay attention because then you get to know your body's natural rhythm. Mm-hmm. If that Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And could you go through the different phases of the cycle and what that looks like to sync to it? Yes. So we've got four different seasons. So day one of your cycle is the first day that you're bleeding, which is menstruation, a.k.a. winter. Winter is coming. (laughs) Um, And the way I like to think about the seasons of the cycle is like kind of by theme. So like the theme for winter is what you would think of for the theme for winter. It's all about hibernation. It's about resting. It's about reflecting. It's about taking time for yourself to like nurture your body and honor the process that your body's going through. It's about death and rebirth because when we're menstruating, our body is literally going through a physical death. We are shedding at a physical level. And so this phase is all about both physically and energetically, what am I shedding? What do I need to release? What do I need to let go of so that I can make room for the new, Mm -hmm. right? And then that leads you into your follicular season, which is phase two aka your season of spring. So this is the time of the month when you'll start to feel your energies start to come back. You're wanting to kind of get back out in the world. It's like skippity doo dah. You know, you're starting to feel like a little spring chicken, like you're ready to get out and mingle a little bit more. Um, And this phase is all about, you know, renewal and refreshing and creativity and planting seeds and making space for like new, fresh energy in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you move into your ovulation season, which is the shortest. It's typically only like three to five days long. This is your season of summer because it's hot. Um, 
And this season, while it's very short and sweet, it is very powerful because it's when like your sexual energy and your life force energy is just going full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you move into your fourth season, which is the luteal season, which is your season of fall, which is the longest season. It's om- It can be for some women as long as 14 days. This is, of course, probably the most difficult season because this is when we experience all the lovely PMS symptoms. Um, and I think this season is probably the most misunderstood season, but also there is just so much magic that can happen during this time because this really is the season where your body starts to change in some pretty drastic ways because you have some big hormone shifts going on. And so this is where you can really allow yourself to start to flow and moving from a place where one day you have a lot of energy to the next day you might feel your energy levels severely drop. Mm -hmm. And what are things you can do to nourish and love on yourself during that time too? (laughs) So juicy. Something that I had no idea about until adulthood is that we also can't get pregnant every single day throughout the month. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only about five days yeah. throughout your entire cycle that mm. you're fertile. I have a theory that mm. so much of our collective like depression and anxiety stems from this feeling of loneliness and separation, mm. whether that's separation from other people, separation from the earth, separation from a force or a power that is beyond the individual human self. And it's so fucking wild to me how we fully recognize how things in nature are interconnected Mm -hmm. and play off of one another. And for some reason, we think that because we're in these human bodies, like, Our skin is where I end and the rest of the world begins. Mm -hmm. And we don't, at least how I was raised, we don't take into consideration the fact that we are nature. We are so heavily influenced and impacted by literally all that is in the universe, in the cosmos, the moon, nature, the seasons happening within and around us. And so when we are feeling, quote unquote, like bad or depressed or off or we're in pain or we're struggling we're like desperate to make it mean something Mm -hmm. we're desperate to attach it to a story or a diagnosis or a pathology and like hyper centralizing the individual and saying oh my god something must be wrong with me instead of realizing that like we are impacted by so much more (laughs) than just what we think. Yeah. And in the Western world, we think it's all like psychology. Oh, I have to put myself yeah. on all of these medications. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. But for me, I love how cycle syncing and basically syncing your lifestyle to acknowledge and honor and revere your own personal cycle is recognizing that we exist within greater cycles mm-hmm. that are beyond us. Mm-hmm. And so even if you live, for example, on your own in a little apartment in a city and you tend to feel really isolated and alone, of course, there's so many things that you can do to build community, but also just like sinking to your cycle is a way of feeling 
in your own body that you are a part of something beyond the human self. You are connected to all that is. You are connected to the phases of the moon and to Mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. Yeah. I could throw a question in there, but does... (laughs) Does that bring up anything for you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so much of what you said there was absolutely incredible. And I think that, yeah, I mean, it's just the knowing that, like, if you're a woman and you're going through this, you're going through this with women all over the world all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it is – there is nothing in one sense less alone than that, you know? Like, we have – there is a sisterhood there that even if, you know, we don't know – each other or like you said you're in your apartment alone like there's another woman probably millions and millions of women in the world that are experiencing similar things like in their bodies too you know um but yeah I mean the thing being just understanding I think how much like you said everything impacts us you know the cycles of the moon impacts us what's happening in astrology impacts us the seasons impact us. There's so many things at work and in the like all the freaking time. It's and insane. We're like, it must be me. Something's <laughs> wrong with me. Like, honey, you ain't that special. There's no. a lot going on. Oh my. There's, there's a lot happening. <laughs> there's a lot happening. And, you know, it's just, it's not that, like, it's not that serious all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And I think sometimes we get so we can get so caught up in our own like suffering or our own bad days or in our minds. And it's for me, something that I have loved about cycle syncing is realizing that there's like a few days of the month where I notoriously feel the same way. Like I literally have those days where I'm like, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? What does this all mean? I'm alone. I'm going to die alone. Like it's like, I feel like everything on those days feels like so intense. Mm -hmm. And I feel like before I was cycle syncing, I did not connect the dots that it was typically the same time of the month that that happened. Mm -hmm. So now that I've connected those dots, I'm like, oh, this is just that time of the month where I typically have these really dramatic feelings and that's okay. And I'm going to lay, I'm going to, I'm going to, observe this. I'm going to witness this. I'm going to feel this. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's literally the fucking moon. I don't know, but I'm just going to be with it wherever, wherever I am, Yeah, you know? And also it's not our job to know. I feel like we have this obsession with like, I have to diagnose yeah. it and put it in a box and get to the root. But sometimes like you got to let it go Yeah, and just be with it. Yeah. And This is what women have been doing for fucking ever. The red tent and coming together and bleeding together and holding each other and sharing wisdom and sharing stories. And we're just so, so disconnected Mm -hmm. from that. And I know you just had a very big epic pilgrimage Mm -hmm. to different womb sites. I haven't heard so much about it yet, but is there anything from that pilgrimage from that trip that you feel called to share? Um, and also, what is a womb site? Share that with okay. us. Okay. So um, for reference, I was in England, and I was visiting some very ancient womb sites. Basically, um, in the ancient times when women were bleeding, most women in the tribe were bleeding at the same time because of the fact that they lived in tribe. They lived in community. So 
women bled together, women typically ovulated together, got pregnant together. Mm -hmm. So the whole tribe was kind of running around the cyclical nature of the women of the tribe, which is super interesting um, because everything was really based and centered around the women. Um, And so what would happen is during like the red tent, for example, um, all the women would come together. They would bleed together. They would give their blood to the earth together. They would typically have babies around the same time. And so these ancient womb sites, um, these big circles, which like Avebury is one of them. It's one of the largest stone circles in the UK. And, you know, it's not in the history books that the reason why this stone circle existed is because this was a birthing circle. All of the women would go into the center of the, like these, this circle and they would give birth at the same time. And the entire tribe would be circled around them with their drums, singing, chanting, and they would be creating this incredibly powerful energetic portal to welcome these new souls into the world surrounded by love coming into this world, into nature. And so when you have that kind of power, that kind of life force energy, and when you have that repeatedly happening over and over and over again, that is imprinted into the land. Like that that lives in that land. Even though it's been thousands and thousands of years, like I believe that that energy, that power is still there. Um, and so, you know, for example, when I went to Avebury, um, I was bleeding at the time actually, and I brought my own blood with me. Um, and I didn't have anything planned. I didn't have any sort of crazy ceremony planned. I just went there with the intention of connecting with the land and Mm -hmm. connecting my blood to the women, to my ancestors, to these women who bled on that land before me and asking for their wisdom to live through my body, you know, so that I can share their wisdom with modern day women. And so that we can become more connected to our bodies and to the earth and to our blood and come back home to ourselves, to our true natures. Like that's how we're supposed to be. Like the fact that, I mean, it's a whole other subject, but the fact that the way to give birth now is in these sterile hospital rooms with bright lights and machines and it goes against the very nature of how we are meant to birth. Um, But that's a whole other subject. Um, (laughs) Won't rabbit trail there, but that was that was my intention with going to these these places and these womb sites was to heal my own womb as well you know and ask for the ancestors of the land there and the earth to if there was trauma and things in my own womb that i've carried from my ancestors that's been passed down generational trauma that i could call upon the power of that place to to heal and transmute what needed to be, you know, healed and released in my own body. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very powerful, life-changing experience. I've been talking about this a lot on social media recently, but even just, sim- I love symbolism, and I love how, like, when you look at something and you really observe it and feel into it, it reveals to you so much, of course. Like, for example, if you look at a plant, usually its physical features will tell you health-wise and Mm benefit-wise how it works as medicine. 
And if you look at anatomy, like male anatomy, the penis is outward. Mm. It's direct. It's more constant. It's like out in the light, ready to be seen. And with female (laughs) anatomy, it is internal. It is mysterious. To me, it symbolizes portals and alchemy and transformation and the great unknown, the great mystery. And historically, how we've related to things that are dark and mysterious and abstract and things that we can't fully categorize or put into a box is to demonize it Mm. and to be afraid of it and to spread this message that it's something to be terrified of. It's something to be controlled. And we have seen that throughout history of women's bodies and the ways that we have been so disconnected from our bodies and so suppressed and shut down. And I see this so much in my work with clients like this deep, deep, deep shame of our bodies and disconnection and feeling like they're dirty and gross and disgusting and wrong. And there's so much vulnerability and tenderness there to the point where we never even have these conversations because we're so ashamed of it. I've worked with a lot of women who um, have never touched themselves internally, a lot of women who are really, really disgusted by their blood and their period, and they were taught that it's something that, oh, we don't talk about it, we don't look at that, we don't touch that. So if someone is resonating with what I'm saying and they feel like that's where they're at right now, what are some things that they could do or lean into to actually feel like they are reclaiming their bodies and their cycles Mm. and their wombs. What can that look like? This is a very deep question. (laughs) And I'm trying to think because there's so many, oh, there's so many different, there's so many different things I could touch on here. Um, I think, I mean, first and foremost, we're meant to be in partnership with our bodies. Like we're meant Mm -hmm. to live in harmony with our bodies. And so much of this conditioning around like our blood is gross or so much of this conditioning to disconnect from our bodies is what has led to us being in this place we're at now where we are living in just disharmony all the time. Like we don't even know what it, feels like or looks like to be in harmony, you know, where we have this constant war within ourselves. Um, and you can look at, you know, what women struggle with, with just, just simply learning to love your body, you know, learning to love your stomach rolls, learning to love your stretch marks, learning to love the cellulite on your ass. Like you don't have to be fucking perfect. Your body is beautiful and your body is what carries you every single fucking day. Your body isn't meant for Instagram. Like you're a fucking woman. Your body is there to carry you through this life. Your body is there so that you can birth at a physical and energetic level so that you can create, so that you can explore the depths of yourself. And our blood is our superpower. And what's so interesting is the reason why we are where we are now, the reason why women feel disgusted by their own blood is because of patriarchal conditioning that has led us to this place. And I'm not saying this to like go on a, like bashing the patriarchy 
Because at one time we lived in a very matriarchal society and that didn't work. And then things swung to the other end of the pendulum to living in this very patriarchal society. Um, And if you are afraid or disgusted by your own blood, I would venture to guess that there are other parts of yourself that you're rejecting as well, that you're afraid to see, that you're afraid to look at, that you're afraid to feel, that you're afraid to touch. And they are very, very connected. And if you have, if you're rejecting any part of your body or your blood, you are rejecting your power. You're rejecting your intuition because that's where your power lives. And so this conditioning that has led us to being disconnected from our bodies, I believe ultimately comes down to the fact that if we're disconnected from our bodies, we're much easier to control. If we're disconnected from our bodies, we can be fed external things. We can be steered. We can be told how to live our lives because we are disconnected from our ultimate power source. Um, And so I guess going back to your question of like, what can a woman do? You know, if you're a woman where you feel like your blood is gross, like I'm not going to tell you to go and stick your fingers inside of yourself when you're bleeding and rub that all over your body. You're, that's probably not, that's probably going to cause some trauma for you. So that isn't the route I would take. You know, I would say, be gentle with yourself, acknowledge that you're uncomfortable with your own blood and that's okay. And start with another place in your body that you can bring some love to, you know, maybe it's stretch marks on your stomach and you can start to just develop this tender, loving relationship just with your stretch marks. That's it. Like one little place on your body. Um, and just taking time every day to try and connect to your body, try and connect to your energetic womb space. You know, you can do this by every morning before you get out of bed, just placing your hands on your womb and breathing into this space and just saying like, Hey little womb, like I love you. And I want to connect with you today. And I'm just going to bring, call some, some energy and connection into this space. You know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be doing monumental things to start to like rebuild this relationship and this connection to yourself. You can do it in little ways every day. Mm. I'm going to take a, a breath. <laughs> yeah. There's so many layers. So many layers. Like this goes so deep. The shame and rejection that we hold towards our bodies. And like you said, not just towards our blood, but towards our entire bodies as a whole. And this need to perfect and control and manipulate and contort. And oh my gosh, it just goes so deep. This lack of acceptance that we have um, with the fact that we are humans and like we were kind of exploring before this conversation. There can also be this tendency that I've noticed within myself a lot too, is that like in order for something to be valuable or worthy of my time, um, whether it's a practice or a ritual or a gathering, and maybe not everyone will resonate with this, but 
it has to be sacred. It has to be spiritual. It has to be healing. It has to be all of these things that are so rigid and so drenched in the energy of should. It should Mm. be this way. Mm. And it's valuable to do things just for the sake of being a human or just for the sake of being someone who feels or just for the sake of it being fun or you're curious or it's an exploration. Like not everything has to be this big sacred healing journey, you know, we get to reel it on back in and just be humans and just play and explore. So I love the encouragement to have fun with it and not necessarily take it so seriously if that's not serving you. Like if you want to create a meaningful, deep relationship with your womb, it doesn't require you like needing to now channel light language and I don't know, call yourself a star seed or be like a red tent priestess or all of these things or only wear long, flowy Instagram tantrika dresses. Like you can be exactly who you are, whether that looks like being a housewife or a corporate boss babe or whatever you are. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way. Even just building a relationship with your body, that doesn't have to look a certain way. It can look exactly as you are and how you are. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you touch on something where it's like there's these concepts that like to be quote unquote spiritual or to be a woman who is deeply connected that you that you have to look a certain way or you have to like go to the retreats or drink the plant medicine or, or you know, <laughs> right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. meditate every day or whatnot. And it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> Like, it's bullshit. Like, you don't have to wear certain things. You don't have to drink plant medicine. You don't have to meditate. Like, you just have to do what feels right for you and what makes you feel connected to your own body. And we live in this society that is obsessed with the word should. Like, should. Oh, I should do this. Or if I am going to be Jess is a coach talking about these things. I should act and behave a certain way. Mm -hmm. But like, no, no, we have to stop shitting on ourselves. Like I can act and behave and change and shift in any given moment. And so can you, so can we all. And we have to give ourselves permission to allow just more freedom and exploration and allow yourself to express and connect just however it feels good for you. It doesn't have to look any certain way. And you don't have to go sit in a ceremony somewhere in order to connect with your womb. Like you said, like you can take two seconds in the morning if that's what feels good for you. It doesn't have to be so serious. And I love that you talked about that because we just like to take things so fucking serious (laughs) all the time. And it's not that serious. Like I believe we're meant... We're meant to have fun. We're meant to play. We're meant to experience pleasure. And yes, to some extent, like suffering is a byproduct of the human experience because we are here to learn lessons and to experience things. But I don't believe we're meant to camp out there. And the more we should on ourselves, the more we put ourselves in boxes or tell ourselves that our experiences have to be a certain way, the more we just like perpetuate the suffering because we're attaching to something where it's like, why, why Mm -hmm. just let it go, (laughs) have fun, do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. And even with cycle syncing, like um, just because you're bleeding, maybe you do feel super energized, you know, or maybe you're ovulating and you feel really exhausted. So for me, I like to take note of where I'm at in my cycle and to just be like this curious detective and just thinking, hmm, that's interesting. And still not sticking to like, oh, because I'm bleeding, I have to do this. Or because mm-hmm. I'm ovulating, I have to do this. Yeah. Um, permission. Yes. 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 And it's... Get in there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Keep forgetting about this microphone. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like expanding on the permission. It's like I am all and nothing. Like I, I am everything all at the same time. And that can look different moment to moment or day to day. And as women, like we have to start giving ourselves permission to embrace our wholeness. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, gosh, there's like so much out there on like self-love and how do you love yourself? And here are all these things to do to get you to love yourself when it's like at its root, at its core, we just have to allow ourselves to be and accept all the different parts because when you accept yourself and you accept I may be this way today and I may be a different way tomorrow loving yourself is not even a question because you're like well this is just where I am this is who I am and I accept all of it so if I accept myself of course I will love myself but then also you may not love yourself (laughs) You may fuck, you know, and it's like that's that's the whole thing. It's every it's cyclical. It's a spiral. It's an ebb and a flow. One day you may feel like you have loved yourself more than you ever have, whereas the next day you find yourself caught in a spiral of self-criticism and judgment. That's okay too because it's a spiral. You know, it's all part of this human experience, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I feel like that's such a thread of every conversation we ever have is like bringing it back to human, releasing mm. the the perfection and the expectations and the shooting. And I feel called to take like a sharp left turn. <laughs> but we <laughs> hang a left. <laughs> um, I would love to talk about dating and cycle syncing because that's a topic you brought up before we started recording and it's something we haven't really touched on that much on the podcast but can you talk to us about dating and attraction and romance and love lives in relation to (gasps) our cycles you had some really interesting things you were saying just about like how we may feel attracted to certain people during times of our cycles that during other times Mm, we mm -hmm. might be like, eh, I don't know, not so much. Ovulation goggles. (laughs) We've all heard of beer goggles. (laughs) I like to call them ovulation goggles because, yeah, it's really funny because, you know, you could take your, like when you're PMSing, what typically, how are you during this time? You're a little bit more prone to irritation, things that maybe wouldn't normally bother you, maybe bother you. And we can look at it as an opportunity to say, is this something that's like really actually bothering me? Is this a real thing? Or is this just like a byproduct of the fact that my hormones are going fucking wild right now? Um, And so when you think about it in terms of dating, I think actually like going on dates when you are 
in your PMS phase is a wonderful idea because you're not going to have the rose colored lenses on. You're going to be like, um, bitch, open that fucking door for me. Do I have to do everything myself (laughs) versus, you know, maybe in another phase of your cycle when you're feeling like super lovey dovey energy, like an ovulation, because you literally want to make a baby. Um, your body is like biologically saying, I want to make a baby. Um, you know, maybe the man doesn't open the door for you and you're like, he is Prince charming. He is literally Prince charming. He didn't open the door. He didn't pay for anything. He barely made eye contact with me, but let's make a baby. You know, it can, that's extreme obviously, but, um, depending on where you're at and where your energies are at, I think have a huge impact on how you view the world in general, but especially when it comes to dating, because you may notice that what you tolerate changes drastically during your cycle. You may find yourself maybe lowering your expectations in one phase of your cycle. Um, Okay, like, have you ever been out on a date with someone and they're really not that funny or that much fun, but like you're just feeling yourself so strong and you're like, I'm on fire. Like I am funny. I am just hitting them with zingers. Like, God, this is a great fucking date. It's not actually a great date, but you're just in a really great great. place. Like you're great. You're having the time of your life because you're in a really great place. Right. And so the outcome of how you may view that date, for example, after the fact is going to be very different than if you were in another phase of your cycle. So I think it's just funny to fun to explore these things. And if you're a woman and you're dating, like I would strongly recommend just pay attention, just notice what is coming up for you as you're navigating your cycle, as you're also potentially dating. Absolutely. Yeah. And like whether you date women or men or non-binary people like your body is still wired for like that hunger that sexual hunger and craving and like putting yourself out there so it's so interesting how that shifts throughout the cycle and even the people that we're attracted to can totally shift so all that to say if it feels aligned with you maybe take a breath maybe slow down a little bit give it some time (laughs) and really feel into am I really into this person or is my body's like hunger and craving and horniness making this person seem like more of a fit than they actually might be? Mm -hmm. And if you're just trying to have some fun, that's cool too. No shame in the game. Shame in the game, baby. And you are writing an entire book on this. You've done a lot of research and a lot of work around this. Like, what is something that you wish more people knew about the womb? Like what's something that you've learned or studied or explored where you're like, holy shit, I wish I could shout this from the rooftops. I think, (laughs) okay. So something that I love about the womb is that it is in my mind, it's, this is like a portal for total transmutation. It's a place of birth, death, rebirth. And it's really interesting because you touched on something before about how there are certain things that have been viewed as like scary or dark or demonized, right? 
And so the woman's body, of course, we have our womb space. And this is the energy of the space. It is the darkness. Like our womb is dark. And darkness has been, you know, demonized as a bad thing. But the thing is, is it's in the darkness that nothing, like nothing exists, right? You can't see anything. The darkness is the void. So in the darkness is also the space of limitless possibility. Anything can happen in this space. And in shamanistic cultures, when you hear of shamans who are traveling into the underworld, and the underworld, again, has been something that has been demonized, like it's a bad place, but they're traveling into the underworld, a.k.a. the womb. When they, when a shaman goes on a shamanic journey, they are actually traveling into the energetic portal of the womb to receive answers, downloads, insights, healing, to experience death and rebirth. And so it's just this wild, crazy portal that we have living inside of us that is there for us to tap into in whenever we want. And it is our power. And if you think about the fact that as women, you know, whether you have a physical womb or an energetic womb, and even like men have an energetic womb as well, it's called the Hara. We all have this energy living inside of our bodies that you can tap into this energy and go into this place to rebirth yourself, to create anything. It's like if you, whether it's you are building a business whether it's connecting deeper in your relationship, whatever it may be, you can intentionally go into this space and, I mean, shit can just pop off. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it can get real wild there, you know? And it's this very overlooked seat in our bodies. Um, And two, you know, it's a place where we hold all of our trauma. And so that trauma can come out in our lives in so many different ways. And so if we can be, you know, more aware of the fact that we have this living trauma inside of our bodies, whether it's passed down to us or from our own life, and trauma doesn't have to be a big thing. Trauma can be very, very small, insignificant things, but it lives inside of us until we make a decision to release it. And you don't even have to know what it is. You know, that's the thing is that we have so, we have emotions, we have so many things that are alive in our bodies that you don't even have to know what it is, but simply having an intention of if there is something living in my body that's taking up space, that's not allowing me to access my power to fully be in the energy of creation, in my joy, whatever it is, I want to remove that. And just simply setting that intention that I want to remove this from this energetic space in my body is enough sometimes. Like you don't have to know. You don't have to know. And I think like what you touched on sometimes, we're so obsessed with wanting to know. It's like, well, I want to know what my trauma is so that I can heal that specific trauma so that I can remember this thing. But like you don't oftentimes have to remember. And if you're meant to remember, you will. But if there's just something emotionally and energetically you need to heal, it's just trusting that that may just come up and come out of you in the form of sadness or rage or whatever it may be. 
and you can release that somatically through movement or crying or punching a pillow or screaming or dancing or what have you. And that in and of itself is enough. You don't have to do more. And I think sometimes we get into the weeds of like, well, I have to have answers. I have to know what it is. And until I know what it is, I can't release it or let it go. And that's not the case. That was kind of a tangent. But there's just so much to talk about with the womb. She's the star of the show always. So thank you for all of that. That was a lot. No. Amazing. Ooh, there's so much I want to say. Yeah, we can. Okay. There's a fork in the road ahead of me, some different directions. I'll pull on a thread and it might take me to the other direction as well. But we can have this mental attachment of what we think we need and what we think should happen. And we can think, oh, my God, I'm holding on to this thing and I need to release it. And if there's anything I've learned on my path, it's that the body knows and the body always wins and the body leads us and we don't have to figure it out we don't have to know exactly what's happening and that can be really scary for a lot of people like we're so scared of the body we're so scared of releasing control of the mind and surrendering to the body's wisdom or the womb's wisdom and I've been in spaces you have as well in which we're doing like these deep cathartic practices in which we are surrendering the mind and fully giving the body the stage and the time and space Mm -hmm. to express. Mm -hmm. And when you're in an environment where your body feels safe enough to do so, and you're giving yourself permission to really let go and to allow your body to involuntarily express and move and shake and sound like your body fucking knows exactly what to do. You're like, All of your symptoms, everything you're feeling, everything that's coming up to the surface is a way of your body naturally letting shit go. And maybe it's something that's not even from this lifetime and it's not for you to figure out and label if that does feel helpful for you to like figure it out. And that's part of your own healing process. And that's cool, too. But we don't have to know exactly like oh, this thing that I'm feeling right now happened during childhood and second grade because my dad did this to me. Like, it's not necessary to figure it all out. And we, as a human race, have known this forever. Like, I've studied different practices and different traditions and lineages in which, like, this was such a part of their life and their community where needing to go do quote-unquote healing work wasn't even a thing because their life was healing. Like as a community, they would gather and have these rituals and have these ceremonies or just these gatherings in which singing and dancing and drumming and shaking and chanting and moving and just being together in community in and of itself was healing. And we've lost that so much and we live in so much constriction and tension and suppression. So reeling it back to the womb, oh my God, like everyone who's listening, whether you have a physical womb or not, depending on your anatomy or if it's been surgically removed, just like if you're in a place where it's safe to do so, just close your eyes and take a breath and bring your awareness to that part of the body and just feel into what it fucking symbolizes. Like the fact that this is where we give 
physical birth from and also energetic birth. What? This is literally like the portal of the fucking universe. This is alchemy. Like we don't mentally, logically, rationally know how to create life. We don't stand there like pointing at our wombs and say, do this next, grow a fingernail on this baby. Like your body fucking knows. Can we just take a moment to honor how magnificent and wild and cosmic that is? So the fact that you think you're not connected to all that is, the fact that you think you're not insanely powerful and creative and this force to be reckoned with, how dare you, honestly? How dare you not think you're powerful and creative as hell? Okay, I could keep going, but I'm going to pass it to you. I mean, can we just like have some snaps for that? Because I was like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I mean, you touched on so many good things. Something that you said at the beginning of that last section that I thought was really interesting and I feel like it needs to be spoken into a little bit is safety within our bodies and how that plays a role in healing or expression because if you don't feel safe in your body dancing even isn't going to feel good to you right and so so many of these forms of expression that are so powerful and so healing if if you're not grounded in your body if you don't feel safe in your body those things might not feel good at first you know and and i think when it comes to womb healing or any kind of healing what is healing what happens when we heal oftentimes it triggers big emotions it triggers big feelings and if our emotional body like if we don't feel like it's safe for those things to come up what do we do we just push them back down we push mm-hmm. them back down we push them back down and so then if we start to have, you know, if you're in a place where all of a sudden you have these big emotions coming on and maybe your body is intuitively telling you to do something, to move, you have this combination of, you know, conditioning Mm, that has led us to being, like you said, so restricted. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look like an insane person if I let my body just go and shake or move or scream or growl or whatnot. That feels scary. And that might not feel safe, you know? And so, like, this topic is so interesting because it's like, how do we start creating more, cultivating more safety in our bodies, just walking around just all the time so that we then can explore and allow ourselves to have these, you know, bigger experiences? Because I definitely can remember a time in my life where, like, um, if you would have told me that I would have been like shaking like a hyena and laughing hysterically in front of people because my body was moving through a big process, I would have told you you were fucking crazy or I was crazy. You know, there was a time where going and sitting in a healing circle would have caused me so much anxiety because the fact that other people might allow their bodies to release would make me feel uncomfortable because I was uncomfortable in my own skin and my own body. 
you know? And then I got to a place where I was like, okay, like you guys can do that and that's okay. I'm not uncomfortable anymore, but I can't do that. Like I can't release in that way. I can't let go in that way, you know? And the amount of women I talk to or people, I'm sure you do too, where it's like leading someone through a practice even in their own home Mm -hmm. is scary. So alone, you know, where no one is watching you. There's no eyes on you. It's just you, yourself, and you, you know? And so I'd be curious to hear, like, your thoughts on just, you know, this topic of cultivating more of this safety so that we can explore and express and allow these things. I'm so glad you highlighted that piece about safety and, like, I know so many people, including my past self, who literally even, like you said, if I was alone in my room, I would not freely express Mm -hmm. because sure, maybe physically I'm alone, but there's still psychologically and energetically the internalized witness that is criticizing and shaming. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. oh my God, like again, these practices and this freedom of expression is what humans have known and done mm-hmm. together in community for fucking ever. Yeah. And then the church. The church. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a whole other God. thing. But these natural processes in which our bodies are like naturally digesting and integrating and moving and shifting and releasing and transforming and alchemizing all of these emotional and energetic and spiritual and even physical pieces of ourselves that don't want to be stagnant. They want to move. They want to express. They want to release. That form of expression was then labeled as hysterical and demonic and satan. Is that how you pronounce it? Satanic? Yeah. Satanic. Don't be satanic. Satanic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The satanic. satanic. Anyways. (laughs) Like, and that is still very fucking much alive in Mm -hmm. our society. This labeling of like, oh, that's crazy. Or not wanting to look crazy. Mm Okay, let me just say something. All of us are crazy. (laughs) Like, we're all insane and we're so, we are lunatics. Lunatics. Luna, the moon. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, anyone who's listening, definitely listen to this podcast. But also, another recommendation after you listen to this episode, go to the Emerald podcast and listen to the moon episode. It will literally rock your world and change your life. Yeah, listen. Anyways, ah, safety in the body. Another moment where there's many directions. I actually want to start by saying being a human is not safe. Being in a human body is not safe. Walking around this world or even staying in your home is not safe. Like as long as you have a beating heart and air in your lungs, there's risk. At the same time, there is absolutely 100% like greater levels of a sense of safety that we can cultivate and harness within our bodies. I know this because I've done it myself and I've guided others to do the same in which you like truly do feel at home within your body For so long, I was so dissociated and disconnected and living outside of myself. 
And if you resonate with that in this moment, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, I also believe it's impossible to be in a human body and to not sometimes dissociate. Like, that's very much a part of having a healthy nervous system. So the goal here is not to be fully embodied and fully regulated 24-7 because that's just not realistic. But can you take a breath? And just like, if nothing in your body feels safe, can you feel something outside of yourself in your environment that feels safe? And if that answer is still a no, can you land your eyes on something that feels pleasurable or good or comforting? And can you let yourself enjoy that and savor that and fully take that in through your senses, whether it's looking at it or touching it or smelling it or tasting it? Like, can you allow that to just serve as an anchor for you and a resource and a reference point and just connect with this thing that offers you a sense of goodness. And that's like a little yeah. baby step. Yeah. 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 Do you have any other ways that you connect with a sense of safety within yourself? I mean, it's very basic, but yeah. I mean, for me, something that if I notice that I'm having big emotions come on or something that I can notice I'm getting to that like fight or flight point where I want to go into disconnect mode. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, I mean, we're, we're humans. We're going to go into that disconnect mode. And we've all had things happen to us in our past that have hurt or been hard. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to re-experience those things, you know? So if something happens that makes us feel like we might experience that pain again to some extent like our survival instinct kicks in and wants to run away from that because we don't necessarily want to experience that again um that feeling mm -hmm. um so for me when I start to feel that way of like oh my gosh this feels like it might be too much for me to hold in my body or to sit with and it's like that feeling of I don't know what to do with myself like, do you ever experience that where that's for me where I know things are going, can go off the rails of when I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my body. I don't know what to do with my mind or my emotions. And all of it just seems too overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and so in that moment, like if I were disconnected from my body, I would just completely shut down and go do something to numb out like to completely just disregard that entire experience. Um, and so for me, and I used to operate that way for most of my adult life, I operated in that place, um, you know, because of things that happened to me in my past. And um, I was also terrified of the depth of my own emotions and what that would mean if I really allowed, if I uncorked that, like what the fuck would that mean? Like, mm. And that terrified me. So for me, when I first started exploring this was just, I would ask myself before I did anything, like, and I would tell myself, okay, you're, you, you're in this mode where you might run out the door at the moment. And that's okay. If you still feel like you need to run out the door in a minute and shut down, like you can do that. So first it's like giving yourself permission of if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. And that's okay. But then I would say, okay, but can I sit here for just a minute, even if it's just one minute, and be with this? And, you know, I would cl close my eyes, 
bring awareness and attention just to my breathing because connecting to our breathing is very grounding. Mm -hmm. And then I would just start to say to myself, it's safe for me to be with my body. It's safe for me to feel these emotions. It is safe for me to be in my body. It is safe for me to feel these emotions. And I would just then, you know, kind of just take my hands and just start like feeling my body, like Mm -hmm. feeling all over my body. And I would just keep saying that, like, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe, it's safe. And for me, that was, it's a really simple kind of self, self-soothing technique, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I always give myself the out of if, if you want to, if you want to go, you can go, but can you be with it for just a minute and see what that feels like and see what happens? And then the more you practice that and the more you do it, for me, the more, you start to trust yourself. You start to trust, okay, I can hold these emotions. I, I, I can hold this and I can experience a little bit more of my depth and it's okay. Yeah. Trusting yourself is not a mental game. It's not a mental process. It's something you feel, okay, what is going on in my... <laughs> Sorry, there is an entire family driving up my <laughs> in front of my I house. Be part of the <laughs> For me, the the way that I have built this muscle of trust is relating to it as exactly that. It's a muscle and a mm-hmm. skill. Like the more the more we let ourselves know ourselves and really see and look at ourselves and all the parts we haven't been wanting to look at, the parts we've been wanting to reject and deny. And the more also that we take risks and like very gently without re-traumatizing ourselves, push into our edges a little bit, that really gives you the somatic felt sense experience of trusting yourself because you're like, damn, I've gone there myself. I've looked at the parts that I've been told not to look at and I'm still here and I still have the ability to love and accept myself if that feels accessible to you. Um, Another thing that came up for me as you were speaking was, again, the importance of just listening to your body. Like for me, When I feel really overwhelmed and I can feel my mind spiraling in a million directions, and maybe I would not recommend this to anyone. Like if you're in a place where you're super dysregulated or traumatized and you haven't done a lot of healing or integration work, then definitely seek out professional help. But for me, if I feel myself spiraling I let myself spiral. I actually lean in. If I feel like my mind is a tornado, I let my body like take like lean into that tornado a little bit. Again, we want to do this very mindfully and gently. So if you're in a place where you aren't able to do that while also simultaneously staying connected to a sense of presence and connecting to your body, connecting to a sense of safety and resourcing, then don't do this. But what I can recommend is what does your body feel inclined to do in that moment? So for me, a lot of times when I feel overwhelmed, I feel the little girl inside of me wanting to curl up into a little tiny ball and wanting to put a pillow over my head and just like get as small as possible and feel like I'm invisible in a forest, like far away with 
no problems and no people and no taxes and no adult shit. And I can just like be a little kid. (laughs) So that's what I do. I literally curl up in a ball on my bed and I put a pillow over my head and I just breathe and I feel my smallness. I feel this sense of connection to myself. And if I feel the need to dissociate, then I dissociate Mm -hmm. there. I'm so sick of like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. this like pop psychology Instagram rhetoric that's telling us like you have to regulate your nervous system you can't be dissociated you can't be in fight or flight but our nervous systems naturally pendulate between these different states so it's okay to be in that state so just feel into what does your body feel called to do or express or feel and how much can you honor that while also staying connected to a sense of presence that's essential so we don't re-traumatize ourselves yeah yeah, that was a lot of talking. No, I you brought up so many amazing things. And as you were talking, it also made me think about how we have been okay. So there's the the like no pain, no gain philosophy, right? So much to say. Where it's like, okay, well, you have to be strong or strength looks like pushing yourself. And there's this very fine line between, I love what you said about like pushing your edges, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think pushing, our, we do need to push our edges sometimes. And it's all about like feeling into when is the right time to push myself? When is the right time to push my edge? When is the right time to stay with this versus when is the right time to pull back or disassociate or whatever you need to do. And I feel like for myself personally, for a long time, I had this very like rigorous approach to my healing in terms of like when things would come up, I swung so far to the other end of the pendulum where at one point, you know, I would totally shut down and completely disassociate. But then I swung to the other end where I was like, no, this is coming up for a reason. I have to be with this. I have to figure this out. I have to sit with this because I'm not going to heal if I don't. And so I would force myself into these spaces for the sake of, in some ways, like proving to myself, oh, I'm strong enough to handle it. I'm strong enough to handle my emotions. I'm not a weak little girl. And my gosh, like when I think back to those versions of myself, I just want to like hold her and cry for her (laughs) because, and that's like, I love the theme of all of these conversations, of our entire conversation, because it, we, it keeps coming back to this place of like really listening into your body and doing what's right for you in any given moment. And you're the only one that knows that. Like you're the only one that knows, and you can You can listen to Nadine and I talk. You can watch Instagram videos. You can read books. You can listen to every fucking guru in the planet. But you're the only one that really knows, you know. And I think there's this, you know, this fine line again between gathering tools and having like your backpack of your, you know, not your actual backpack, but like I always think of like my backpack of tools and resources. So when I find myself in these moments, like what do I pull from, you know? So that's why I love to listen to people and learn because I want more tools and resources that can help me. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's my decision, how we go about what we are moving through in our bodies. And, you know, I just, 
it's so important that we move away from this place of forcing ourselves into spaces that don't feel good mm-hmm. or that we don't want to be in. Or, you know, if you're like, you know what, this is too much right now. I'm I'm going to step away from this if that's what I need. And loving yourself and giving yourself compassion for that because that's a hard decision too. It's like all of this is hard. You know, all of it is like, you know, we're just, we're all doing the fucking best we can. (laughs) Nobody knows anything. Nobody fucking knows anything. We all just yammer out of our mouths (laughs) because we're trying to figure it out, but nobody has any fucking clue, you know? Yeah, I know. Nadine and I talk about this all the time, but it's like, yeah, just this, for me, like this balance between like the the softness of the edge, you know, it's like, where's my edge and can I push that? But like, can I push it softly if that's what feels good? You know, it doesn't have to be this ram it. Ram it. I am like <laughs> pegging that square into the round hole. Oh, now we're, are we going to talk about pegging? <laughs> Should we switch gears? As she hands the microphone to me. <laughs> Here you go. On to the pegging. Yes, you're prompt. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Let me feel. I feel this deep inner quietness right now. Yeah. What do you feel? I was just thinking how you and I can talk for hours, but this feels very complete. Yeah. You know, it feels really complete. Yeah. <laughs> We're so deep. Cut the court. No. <laughs> End it. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm sure right after we stop recording, we're going to oh. be like, but wait. We're gonna have so but I love to end by just asking some rapid fire questions if you're open to it. Yes. Okay. We're going to have to get really close and personal here. (laughs) As we are dripping sweat. Literally dripping. (laughs) It's so hot. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So question one is, if you had a billboard that millions of people would see, what would you put on it? Listen to your body because it's the only thing that knows the real truth. Oh. Oh. I could go on a whole tangent. Okay. (laughs) Next question is, what are you currently excited about right now in your life? Ooh. Well, I'm really excited about my book. It is called Mini Advertisement Here, Sync Up Sis. And I am so, so excited about it. This has been like a passion project. It's my baby. And it is combining the like practical and the spiritual, I guess, if I were to wrap it up in a nutshell of cycle syncing. Um, And my hope, my desire with it is that by reading it, that whether it just plants a seed in your mind of, oh, this is something I've never heard about before and I want to explore it. And maybe just even that brings in an ounce or a little bit more self-love or self-acceptance to, you know, women fully embracing and getting on board with loving their body, their blood, their cycles, and 
recognizing that it absolutely is a superpower, you know, and the more we can, the more we can accept our bodies and build these relationships with them, the more powerful we become. Like we already are that powerful. All the power, it's already all, it's already inside of us. It's already there. It's just how do we awaken to it a little bit more, you know? So I'm super excited about the book. Congratulations. That's so huge. I'm so excited for you. And yet like this remembrance that the body is, among other things, this antenna that is Mm. tapped into and connected to so much that is beyond like the rational, logical Mm. mind. And we get to trust that like when Mm. something feels off, it's It's off. off. Anyways, back to the question. (laughs) If you could whisper something in the ear of yourself from 10 years ago, what would you whisper in her ear? There is so much amazingness and goodness and juiciness on the other side of all the things that you're afraid of doing. Um, That everything will be okay. It's, it's all going to work out and that starting over doesn't have to be scary. Starting over doesn't have to be debilitating. Starting over can be the greatest and most incredible adventure that you could ever go on. Because I think that version of me was so terrified of starting over. I was so terrified of who I would be if I wasn't dot, dot, dot. You know, I was so attached to the labels that I had created for myself, the identity that I had created for myself, and I was terrified of who I would be if I didn't have all of those things, Mm -hmm. if I wasn't all of those things. Um, So, yeah, I would tell myself that having this beautiful, fresh slate where – anything is possible and I could create myself to be any version of myself that I wanted is quite literally the greatest adventure and greatest pleasure and joy that I could really ever think of experiencing, you know? Amen. And what is something that you're currently obsessed with, no matter how random? Well, I have a confession. I'm like really obsessed with like paranormal erotica. Like that is niche. <laughs> Super niche. Like um vampire and fae sex. Like have you heard of the fae? They're like oh, I don't know. It's not like it's not like little fairies that you like think about with the wings. It's like kind of dark and twisty. Um but um Yes, it is very kinky and I am obsessed. I've always been obsessed with um, like witches and witchcraft and vampires and like the mystical and the paranormal. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always been obsessed. So I've always for like if I'm reading books for pleasure and for fun where I'm not trying to learn something, that's a genre that I have always gravitated to. And I recently discovered that there is erotica in this genre, like wild, wild. So it's like this incredible comment. It's like the Holy grail for me because it's like combining vampires and witches and fae and all of this and really, really, really hot 
dirty, nasty, steamy sex. My relationship is benefiting greatly. <laughs> Jose has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing with us. You're that is incredible. Oh, yes, it's- and finally, what do you got going on right now? How can people find you and follow you and work with you? Tell us all the things. Okay, so my you can find me on the IG and on the TikTok. My handle is Awaken the Wild. And in terms of what do I have going on, so talked about the book a little bit. Um, there is a program that is going to be coming soon um, that will be a more immersive guided journey into syncing with your cycle and your body and connecting with other women and sisters who are on the same journey. So that is that in the book are coming soon. Um, but in the meantime, IG, Instagram, my website is awakenthewild.net, um, where I have free offerings like meditations, guided journeys. Um, I have, um, sessions open right now for one-on-one intuitive reads, I guess you could say, um, where I tune into my spirit guides and just ask for clarity and guidance based on what someone specifically needs in that moment. Um, And that's the only thing that's open for one-on-one sessions right now um, until the cycle syncing um, program is released and ready to go. Amazing. And I'll have the links to all of that in the show notes so everyone can go check you out. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sitting in this sweaty ass room with me. It's been such a joy. And yeah, I just really appreciate you, your embodiment, your wisdom and your passion and joy and silliness and playfulness it's so refreshing and i really loved this conversation thank you so much thank you so much thank you thank you no seriously thank you so much this is so much fun and you are freaking amazing like you are amazing you guys nadine is amazing and i feel so honored to be on this podcast and to be having these conversations with you it's been the highlight of for sure the week <laughs> probably longer than that. Hi again, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and that it helped to expand your consciousness and perspective in some way. If you liked what you heard or just want to show some love, it would mean the absolute world if you ranked and reviewed the show, sent it to your friends or family, and hit the subscribe button. This allows more people to discover Soul Nectar keeps the show up and running and lets me know you beautiful people are out there listening and if you do leave a review make sure to take a screenshot and send it to nadine at bloomwithnadine.com and i will personally send a very special gift over your way share this episode on instagram or your other social media handles with your biggest aha moments and takeaways I'd love to shout you out and hear what resonated with you. Okay, take care and I'll see you in the next episode, my loves. Bye.